Hello, I'm Michael Brodeur, and welcome to Leaders Alliance. We are a global community of kingdom-minded leaders who are passionate about helping you become the world-changing leader that God created you to be. Join the conversation. everybody and welcome to the Leaders Alliance podcast. My name is John Bootsma and I am sitting in for Michael and Diane Brodeur today who are excellent leaders and I love them and I'm super thankful for them um, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to do this but we're thrilled because as part of Leaders Alliance I think we've got a compelling vision of what the Lord is calling us to do. We've got so many excellent pieces. If this was a grand chessboard, so many amazing pieces but we need to bring it all together. And so what we're doing is we're actually looking at networking, collaborating with kingdom-minded leaders from all across the church and the marketplace, recognizing that we've got this end goal, uh, ultimately to bring the glory and the honor of the nations to Jesus. But even before that, a fulfillment of the Great Commission, walking out the Great Commandment, loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but also loving our neighbors. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about some of the neighbors that we have uh, in the streets that maybe aren't yet part of our gathering together on a typical Sunday morning, let's say, or a church gathering. But we want to recognize, too, that God is at move in the cities. He's moving in the marketplace. And leaders, as Leaders Alliance, we want to gather together those, uh, those people that have really been walking in that for a season, realizing that there really is no clergy laity split, that the Lord has anointed each and every one, placed us in different areas, spheres of influence, and we want to uh, really collaborate, come together for the sake of his kingdom, synergizing, connecting with different groups, saying, what can we learn from you as we all come together uh, in that regard? And so today, it's an absolute pleasure to uh, be joined by a couple that I've come to really love and admire. I first met Justin and Kelly Reif a couple of years ago when I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. That would have been in 2019. Joined them on an outreach into downtown Durham, was there during the COVID season. And uh, dis- I-, I actually discovered a way of love that is uh, so practical. And it's going to those people that don't necessarily know what love is because they haven't experienced the Father and get to go in. And you're going to enjoy today's uh, podcast. So why don't we welcome Justin and Kelly Reif with us at this point in time. There they are. Welcome, guys. It's great to have Hello. you with us. Thank you for joining Hello. us. So good to be with you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, and I want to, you know, I want to take advantage of the time we've got here because you guys have so much to be able to contribute and release. And so let's start by turning it over and saying, I, I want to hear some of your story. Maybe take you know, a few minutes, each of you, or 10 minutes, or whatever it is, and just tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, your story, and what led you to doing uh, what you do, including where you do it. So over to you guys. Well, uh, yeah, our story really started uh, with what we're doing now really has its roots in 2014, when Kelly and I and our family, we went up to the Toronto Catch the Fire for the 20th Revival Alliance Conference. And we, it was actually our first time setting foot in a Catch the Fire church. Um, I have a Lutheran background uh, and the church that we were a part of, it wasn't a river church, let's say that. And, uh, and so we got into Toronto, stepped foot <laughs> in the, in the building and just 
our worlds just got flipped around. Mm -hmm. And so really at that conference, you know, heard about the father heart message really for the first time in my life and got Mm -hmm. really impacted and saw the move of the Holy Spirit and watching him heal people and watching people's lives be transformed and what, and, and then experiencing myself in myself, my heart just being just the stones just being stripped away. Mm-hmm. And um, so at that conference, uh, we heard the Banoff, Georgian and Winnie Banoff speak, and they had, they were leading a missions trip that year called Party with the Gypsies that eventually Kelly and I went on. And it was during that trip, we, we found ourselves in the, the slums and the, the garbage dumps and just in, in that situation with people who were living there in like the most hated people group, the Roma people in maybe the entire world. And actually watching and hearing the father heart message and the, and the father's love as, as worked through the Holy spirit yeah. actually transform a garbage dump wow. <laughs> and the people living inside of a garbage dump and just looking around and being like, I see trash everywhere, but I feel like I'm in heaven right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that Beauty. just, just exploded like my entire paradigm for what missions can look like, what missions is and where Jesus is and how he works and who he works with. And so on that trip, we just looked at each other and we were like, we want to do this. We really feel God's call to do this with our lives. I don't know what that looks like. I was a, I was a drummer in a band at the time, kind of touring the country and sharing the gospel you know, in the bars and the clubs and doing all that stuff. But it was really like, I want to give my life to this. Mm-hmm. Mm. I want to go to the, to the darkest places I want to go to who is the most oppressed, rejected person in society. And I, I have got to share the father's love with them in some way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we, we came back, we just, we came back from that trip and uh, really prayed about it and felt the Lord's call uh, down to Raleigh, North Carolina to join the school of revival out of the Catch the Fire Church here in Raleigh. And uh, during that time there, we just got, I mean, blasted with the Father's love Mm. and the identity message and sonship. And Mm. we went through so much inner healing and continue to go through healing. And we were just like, we have to take this out. And we thought actually we were being after we were going to graduate that we were going to be full-time missionaries overseas because my paradigm was a missionary is someone who goes overseas. Yeah. (laughs) And so we actually planned a missions trip to Brazil and we spent some time in Brazil with a, with another organization there. Again, we were in the slums, we were on the streets in the red light district working with just the most beautiful people that I feel like I've ever met in my life at that time. And, uh, and it was there where we thought we were, where we thought we were being led to overseas missions. The Lord was actually calling us back home to Durham. And he said, I actually want you to, to do this, to do this mission work 
back from home from a place of family. I want you to establish home and I want you to establish family back in North Carolina. And so we came back to North Carolina and Kelly, you can pick up from there. Yeah, really um, just where, where our hearts were being softened and kind of stripped as Justin described so um, eloquently, uh, the Lord was placing in us this heart to show share the, the kingdom uh, by creating family in the places where people often feel like they are forgotten or they don't have family. And we, you know, we got back from Brazil and we said to our Catch the Fire family here, we want to do this here with you guys. And, and you know, we kind of tossed around, what does that look like? Are we, um, are we going to be under Catch the Fire's name? Are we going to be beside? They'll be our church, but we have our own ministry. But as we prayed about it, the Lord really spoke to us about covering and the importance of um, really trusting that uh, there was more freedom in in honoring and coming under a covering often mm -hmm. uh, that would be given to us than doing it kind of on our own. And we'd always followed other people's visions Um we kind of always joined with, you know, we were a part of a vineyard for years where we learned how to serve the poor and love the poor. And we went with our pastors there and their vision. And um, and then down in Brazil and in uh, Romania and Bulgaria with the Georgian Winnie's vision. So when we got back here, um, we were like, how do we do this on our own? Like, how do we start mm -hmm. this? Not that we were on our own. And so uh, we we asked two key questions at the time that are really important questions. I think for anyone to ask when you're asking God um, what he's doing and where he's leading. And the first one was, well, where do you want us to be? Where do you want us to start? And so the question for us was, well, where is the place that nobody else wants to go? Where's the place everybody warns us not to go in our city? Um, and it was East Durham. That was easy. We'd been told that since we moved here. Well-meaning people, but uh, people saying, oh, that's dangerous. People get shot there. There's drugs there. Your kids will be, you know, they won't be able to. The schools, the aren't, schools great. aren't great. All these things. And so we're like, well, then we're going to go to East Durham because that's where Jesus would be, the place nobody else wants to be. Um, and we have no reason to, to fear because of Jesus. And then the second question was, okay, so how do we begin? And that became the question of what do we have in our hands um, that he wants us to be faithful with and steward well. And for us, it was, we have friendship in the church and we have enough money to get water bottles and we can make <laughs> sandwiches and share them. And so we invited a couple friends and we made sandwiches, grabbed water bottles, and we just began. We just started and uh, we trusted God would be with us. And so we went down at night on the street. I think we were feeling extra radical. Um, so we chose night in the worst area and we just began to like um, walk the street with our friends. And we said, let's just have fun. Let's show what it what yeah. it is to love one another and have joy. And one person, the first person we met, we shared with, and then the next person and the next person, it was like, we gave them something for free, something they needed, water, and they opened their lives to us. And this is how it all began. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it's gone from that now to hundreds of people were discipling a week here, five years later down in East Durham. So, yeah. 
Wow. And so, I mean, that, that's not that's not a run of the mill thing. And I know I've heard you say before that so many that are there in the streets, um, you know, and, and that are that are looking for the church to come, that are really looking for Jesus, whether they know it or not. But the believers come down, but then they leave. And so tell us what that means for you guys as family, you know, that you felt this call, like this is, this is your mission. This is your family. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I think um, really for us, like we wanted to make things very simple for the church. So at the same time, God, God had already won our hearts for the street and the city. But what we look back and realize he was doing over the years was really, um, also giving us a really a deep understanding and love for the church and how do we say to the church which is already our family hey let's go here let's go outside the four walls and how do we make it simple so it doesn't feel like this big um i don't know sometimes we put these labels on things or we make it like evangelism can sometimes have a really scary uh, kind of a tone to it. If you, if you, if people have a certain mindset towards it. So we're like, let's take the keys God has given us, which, which one of those visions in the beginning, um, I share a lot is he was showing us that he was already out there. He was showing us that, um, that I had a vision where I saw all the darkest while we were worshiping together, the darkest areas of our city. And this man was in all of those areas. And the Lord told me to zone in on him. And when I did, he looked like everybody else. He lifted his eyes to me and they were the most beautiful eyes I'd ever seen. And mm. this man was Jesus. And he was in, he was standing amongst the prostitutes down in East Durham on the corner where we go. He was with the heroin addicts. He was at the bus stop where violence breaks out in the park. And when he looked me in the eyes and I recognized it was Jesus, he said to me, I'm already here. Will you join me? And I knew in that moment he wasn't just speaking to me, but to the church as a whole. And it, it became it what it did is it took away the wall, the dividing wall of fear. It also took away the sense of we are bringing Jesus to these people. And it became, no, we are joining and following Jesus where he's already at because the mm -hmm. earth is every area of the earth. Every part of the earth is his. There's nothing that is not his. And he loves, even when, when he was walking on the earth, he hung out with the people nobody else wanted to be with. He hung out with the people people were offended by or, or thought were sinners and called them sinners. And he, he was with those people. And so um, when he showed us he was already there and invited us in, it was like, oh, well, naturally, I'm going to join you where you're already at. And we're going to create family yeah. and become kingdom together, pull the king, bring the kingdom together into these mm -hmm. places. And so it became um, it, it, that combined with our love for the church. Uh, we started to grow this passion and we we've seen this now within our church. Our passion began to grow to, to teach the church how to be established in the city God has placed it in. Mm -hmm. What does it look like to be rooted and established there and not just kind of off to the side, hidden in the four walls, but what does it look like to really love our city, really gain vision for our city, all aspects of it, and care for those that God loves so much who may not have, many of them don't have the keys we have, the, the father heart healing. They don't know yeah. this. 
unless they come to a conference. They don't get this unless they come, you know, into the church on a Sunday morning. But what would it look like to take those incredibly deep, deep, the DNA that, that catch the fire has been given and bring it out into the city mm-hmm. and show the city that you can have this too. You can have this as well. This belongs to all of us. This is family. This is kingdom. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Now, having asked that question, then what does it look like? Why don't you tell us? What does it look like? Is it always the same when you go out? How many times a week do you go out? What does it look like for these people? How have your lives been changed? And and when you gather a team, you know, I think primarily you gather them from Catch the Fire Raleigh where you attend. But talk to us a little bit more about that. Yeah, it does. Um, what does it look like? Love looks like something, right? And so um, it, it looks like relationship for us. And I know that feels like a very trite answer, but it, every relationship is different. And so sometimes it looks like uh, teaching somebody how to pray and going out there and, and, and being in their home like that. Or oftentimes it, it always, it always, I should say this, backtrack a little bit it always starts with giving somebody a bag of groceries Mm -hmm. and so one of the tools that we have is is food and so the lord has blessed us with a lot of different grocery uh store partners and business owners and uh, the local food bank who we get something like three thousand pounds of food a week Amazing. And so we organize that. We have teams that organize that. And we, and then we go out uh, every week, two, two days a week, and we distribute the food to our neighbors. Our team's out right our now. Our team, our team is out actually right now. Mm-hmm. And so we go out there with a free gift for people. And that's it's. we never would classify ourselves as a food ministry. Uh, it could look very much like a food ministry. <laughs> but we would never classify ourselves as that we are a people ministry. And so the food is just a tool. And so we, we always give people a free gift if they want it. And then that always opens the door for conversations. And then we expect relationship. Our expectation is relationship at the end of every single interaction that we have. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that relationship starts very small and you're just there and you see them every week and you're in communication every week and you're just learning and you're, it's very tiny, small building blocks. And other times it, the door gets flung open and all of a sudden you're in their home and you're doing communion together wow. and you're, and you're praying together mm-hmm. or that now all of a sudden they're coming to church with you. And so we, we have a van that goes into the communities and picks people up and we bring them to church and we, and we worship together. And so, Yeah. Sometimes we worship with them in their homeless camp or in their home, or we've done worship um, over at the bus stops where drugs are being sold all around us. We went one night and felt the Lord saying, go and just do a worship session by the bus stop. And everyone was dealing drugs around us. And we created this (laughs) circle. And every time they'd finish dealing drugs, someone would come in and they'd be like, whoa, something's (laughs) different in this circle. presence of God. We're like, that's, that's the Holy Spirit. And you can have that anytime you want. So we'll find ourselves doing what we call church out there, but we've learned God's stretched our imagination so much, our minds to understand that this is church. Like everything we do 
when we go and partner with Jesus is church and kingdom mm -hmm. out there. And so we have elderly, we visit in their homes that um, they'll say, oh, I've never had the church visiting me in my home, or this used to happen a hundred years ago. People, my grandmother told me about this and because pastors used calls. to go home yeah. and they're like, this is incredible. Nobody does this anymore. We're having church right here and doing communion right there. Or we're just praying together. Um, we do healing like the divine exchange type healing that uh, we learned within mm -hmm. Catch the Fire or Emmanuel approach, God being with us. We help people learn how to exchange the heavy weight they're feeling and picture Jesus, ask him where he's at. We'll ask him right there on the streets or in their home. Now give that pain or that unforgiveness to him and they give it to him. And then we lead them through receiving and waiting on him that he has a gift for them. And every single time there's not been wow. a time where they have someone has not received something back from Jesus or been weeping or had peace or some sort of healing. And then we're, we're discipling them and teaching them through that how to connect with Jesus, that it's not about us. We're not the experts. The Holy Spirit is the expert. Mm. And yep. we all get to partner with him and this is kingdom. So it's almost like, well, it is like we find ourselves discipling people into the kingdom, um, not just, okay, here's the prayer of salvation, although that happens and that's so important, um, but discipling people into what it means to walk with him, to forgive their neighbor that, sh I mean, we have crazy stories, forgiving the, the neighbor that you know, shot their son or um, forgiving, you know, somebody who they were raped by or, or simple forgiving the neighbor that they just don't really like. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's amazing. So. Mm. Well, on that note, how about I ask you to go a little bit deeper into one of those stories? I mean, can you take a story? Because I've heard you tell some of the stories. And just share with us, maybe each of you can share a story with us of what the Lord, you know, did as you just followed his spirit, you know, because you don't come with a list. You're not coming saying, hey, I want to get five people to say the sinner's prayer. You're coming to build relationship. It's not necessarily tangible in, in the sense that it's not like you can make click a checkbook, a checkbox. You're mm -hmm. looking to, to, to say, what's holy, what do you want to do, Holy Spirit? We're here to follow you. So share something with us. Share you know, one or two stories. Uh, I'll actually share the 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 first time we we did an Emmanuel approach out on the streets, and so we actually going through the school and being and going through inner healing ourselves. We we know that that can be sometimes a very long, extensive process. And when you're out on the streets, you you don't always have an hour or two hours to to go into people's stuff and, and do all that. Yeah. And so we were really praying, like, what is a really like quick thing that we can do where God can show up and healing can happen. And so we were out, we were out doing what we usually do on a, on a Tuesday and we were on the streets in this area where the, in Durham, they call it, it's like the hottest heroin corner. And we found ourselves there and there was this guy who was kind of lurking around the corner and you're always just kind of looking around your shoulder, like what's going on. And he was like, Hey, Hey, come here, come here. I got to talk to you. And you're just like, okay, Jesus, just protect me. I don't know what's going to, I don't know what's going to happen here. What this conversation yeah. looks like. 
And he came up to me and he said, hey, I've been watching you guys for months and I've been terrified of approaching you because I know what's going to happen. And I was like, what's going to happen? <laughs> and he said, I know that the Lord's just going to he's going to convict me and I'm going to feel I'm going to feel awful and all that stuff. And I was like, hold on, let's just let's stop the story right there. First of all, conviction is good but it always is going to bring your, your, it's always meant to bring your freedom. And so in your healing. And so we said, tell us a little bit of your story. And so he told us some of his story and he was, he just started weeping and weeping and weeping. And I just gave him this big hug. And in that, in that moment, when I gave him this hug, I felt like Holy spirit was saying, invite him to pray. And I said, okay. And so I said, hey, would, would you like to pray? Would you like to, to give what you're feeling right now to the Lord? Would you like to give that weight that you're feeling on your chest, that burden of shame that, you're, that you've been carrying around with you? Would, you? would you like to give that to Jesus right now? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, well, you know what? You're a son of God and your father in heaven wants to hear from you because he loves you. And he wants mm-hmm. to, and he wants to hear from you and he wants you to give him that. And so it was a very simple prayer. He just and he just we just said, close your eyes. Picture Jesus, whatever he looks like for you right now, just picture him. Where is he? And just give that burden to him. And he did. And there was a moment of silence. And that's a big key for us is like, it's okay for things to be quiet. We don't have to fill the space with our own voices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. good. And so there was just a a space of silence and peace just fell on this, on this place where there has been, let me tell you, there's, there's been a lack of peace on the street corner Mm -hmm. and peace just fell. And you could see his face change he looked angelic. I yeah. mean, it, wow. he just started glowing. Come on, Jesus. And we were just like, what is going on? And he's like, I see him. We're like, yeah. Like, what's he saying? And he's like, he's just saying it's over. It's finished. It's over. It's finished. And he got this gift in return. And and we ended the session and, 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 and we hugged and we prayed again with each other and and that was kind of the end of the interaction. We just left feeling like this is incredible. Months later, we're in a park and this guy approaches us who we don't recognize at all. And he's like, hey, hey, do you remember me? Do you remember me? And I'm like, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't remember you. And he's like, I'm the guy. I'm the guy who, who Jesus said it was finished. And let me tell you right now, it's finished. He took away my addiction. He oh, took God. away my shame. <laughs> this guy, he looked, he was a complete, He was all cleaned up. He was we didn't cleaned even up. Him. He was wearing a suit. And not that it's about what you wear, but he, this guy, his life was transformed. Come on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. One encounter. Him since, which is amazing. We've been down there for five years. So we really believe he, he, he told us he got a job and was doing better. And usually we'll see him again if they're not. But yeah. <laughs> That's great. Wow. That's a beautiful story. I mean, I can see why you guys are so hooked, yeah. right? I'm not saying that I'm not saying that kind of stuff won't happen in the four walls of a church building, but it really re you know, re highlights to me that we've got to be out 
because the Holy Spirit is out and wants to make this action happen. Lives yeah. transformed, yeah. hearts encountering Jesus. And uh, that's, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Justin. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Kelly, yeah. how about yourself? So, um, I mean, again, there's just, I can truly say there's hundreds of stories over five years and they're not just our stories, but the teams, we have incredible teams. Some of them are, most of them are from Catch the Fire. Some come from other churches as well, because they're just, they just see what's happening or hear stories and then they become a part of it. We have a few different couples that are out with us, even out on the streets today. They're from other churches, um, but it's, you get hooked. Yeah, you get hooked. So um, one just recent, more recent story is we have this, um, our wonderful friend, and he wouldn't mind us sharing his name, Antoine. Um, he lives in our, the government housing that our team's out at today. And it's like just a pretty rough situation there. But Antoine, um, he was in prison. He had this crazy life. He hated God, hated God. And then Christians he, and yeah, that. hated yeah. Christians. And then he ended up getting a, you know, pretty horrific car accident. Um, this is before we knew him and um, had brain and spinal damage and was in a wheelchair and, um, you know, lost a lot of his ability to, uh, to kind of self um, kind of regulate and function. And he, through that though, met Jesus and he, um, we started visiting him in his home there and became friends with Antoine. And he, through the friendship, was able to start getting a ride to the church because we have a van that goes out on Sundays to pick up any of our friends. Most of our, our friends out there don't have cars or a way to get to church. So God blessed us with not just one. When we prayed for a van, he blessed us with <laughs> two vans. We asked him yes. for one and uh, we got a 15 passenger and we got a, 11, or a seven, eight passenger minivan. minivan. Wow. And so our 15 passenger, we have some guys on our team who go and pick up people every week who want rides to church. And Antoine was able to start getting a ride to church. And when he first started coming, you know, he'd roll in and in his wheelchair and he'd be he'd be sitting there and he'd be receiving. Um, but slowly through the friendship of the church, going out and spending time in his home and him coming into the church, um, he began to participate. And we find this happens a lot. Um, we, we go from this place of just being acquaintance with someone or maybe even just a total stranger with someone to uh, being friends, to being families, to, to being family and, and adding unto each other. Um, like we have one girl out there who started coming and now she's on our worship team and she's incredible. And her kids are a part of the youth group mm. and um, all because we met her in her home out on the street there and, and connected. But Antoine, regardless, he was coming and he was joining us and he would come up front for prayer. And, um, and slowly over time, it went from us praying for him to now he is, he comes up mm. and everybody wants prayer from Antoine. Like it's a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> Our staff meetings, we wow. talk about Antoine a lot because he prays for all of us. He prays for the pastors. He makes friends there. He prays for others. He encourages, he's a part of family and he is fully believing for his physical healing. And mm -hmm. he tells us over and over again to believe with him and declare for him for physical healing. And so he, this past week, he shows up in our van and he came for the first time, not in his wheelchair, but with a walker. And he 
walked himself in and and you should have seen it people in the church just everyone who yeah. saw him with Come a walker knew what that meant like his declaration of faith to go with a walker and believe for his healing was so incredible um and he he is he tells everyone there believe with me believe with me i'm going to be healed like don't yeah. stop believing don't stop <laughs> praying for me and declaring and so it's just again it's that sense of like we became Antoine's family and he became our family and we just, we love him. He's a part of the community now. And mm -hmm. so that's another story. That's beautiful. You know what it reminds me of? I mean, it's scriptural as well, but the, the poor are rich in faith. And the truth yeah. is, is we have, we have poverty in different areas and we have wealth in different areas. And many would look at us and say, well, we're, we're rich. I mean, we have paneled houses, you know, we drive cars, we've got enough food on the table. We're considered amongst the wealthiest mm -hmm. on the planet for what we have. And yet how many uh, that gather in our churches are actually really poor in faith that we don't carry the faith, but yet mm -hmm. you, know, you guys following, following the lead of the spirit, go into the streets where you meet people like this, that actually have deposits of the richness of faith inside of them and uh and and so really i i can just see you're receiving from him you're receiving the richness of what they carry that are on the streets so that's beautiful absolutely so absolutely yeah, yeah. I was just and so go ahead speak say, to that like, one of the things we go with right like we it is really important for us to to receive just as much as we are out there to to teach yeah. and to deposit it's it's very important to receive and we teach our teams that is make sure when you're looking in someone's eyes you're asking god what am i receiving from you through this person yeah um and wow. and, and we our teams have grown they will all tell you are with us like i i give more than i give half the time i feel yeah. like i'm receiving much more than i'm giving yeah so like if the mentality is jesus is already out there can you believe that he can speak through that person to your own heart mm -hmm. right. and so. so the answer is yes he can yeah <laughs> wow and he does i'm sure yes yeah. and he does so yeah so tell me more about your team because i recall the first time you went out there was like a handful of you that went out late at night you know you just thought about active obedience you give what's in your hand so how has that team grown and how many of them come specifically also gather with the local church? Um, the teams, they've grown a lot over mm -hmm. the years. In fact, that's uh, one of the places that we had to really step in faith because we grew so we grew so much out in the community so quickly that there were times where we would actually pray prayers of faith for very specific people to come along, like people who could speak Spanish, because we have a huge Hispanic, Spanish only speaking population that we go to. Um, and I remember when we had one person who could only come out like every other week on an evening, not even when we're normally out there. And we, by prayer of faith, began to just ask God for someone who could speak Spanish. We had very specific prayers for team members. Mm -hmm. And now we have, um, oh gosh, we have, or four. No, we oh, have like five. 
I counted it the other day. We have seven people who are bilingual who go out with us on a regular basis. So we're able to grow. And now we minister to a community out there that's all Spanish speaking, a huge apartment complex that the Lord had told us to go to two years ago. And we asked him for the people we needed on our team and he gave us them. And now we have all these people who can speak English and Spanish out there. So um, our teams have grown. They're very diverse. Um, we have, uh, like I said, mostly people from Catch the Fire because that's the church we're at. Um, but but then we also have people coming from other churches. And um, we have, you know, a couple who moved here from India. Um, we have uh, a couple that are uh, Fili Filipino. They're part of our uh, our leadership for Embrace. Um, we have uh, people from Mexico out with us, from Dominican. Um, we have people from all over, from different different walks of life, and and the diversity and being family. And we have people of all ages. Like I, we always we always laugh. We have three year olds come out with us, all the way up to eighty something year olds coming wow, and being part that's of amazing. it. And some people just come to bag food and organize and work here in the building um, and prepare us and help prepare us to go out throughout the week. And others go out with us and others do food pickups and others are our intercessors and others, you know, give generously or purchase diapers whenever we need them. It's just there's all different facets of what family life looks like within our teams and how we minister in the different variations um, of, of giftings and callings. And some are very much evangelists, like, you know, they, they're going to go and they're going to share the gospel every time in this way. And, um, and, and it works and that's, you know, God is using them for that. And then others are better mercy gifted. So they're going to, you know, sit with someone and cry and rub their back and pray for them. And, mm -hmm. you know, so there's just all some of them more pastoral and, um, we see all different giftings out there and God has given us this really unique team, but what people out, out on the streets and in the city see that really touches their hearts is people that all look different from one another, operate different, different ages, loving each other, enjoying, having fun, having fun mm, which is wow. what we do out there and um, it loving them and loving God. And so they see what the kingdom of God really looks like and that what family really looks like. And that's important to us. So he is so faithful. As much as he's faithful with giving us provisions and food and finances, he is just as faithful in giving us um, a team that works really well together and is unified. Hmm. That's, that's amazing. Um, I want to ask, I want to ask in just a minute about leadership, just some of the things you've learned pertaining to leadership through this whole adventure. But before I do that, I'm reminded of the passage in Proverbs that those that give to the Lord, give to the poor, lend unto the Lord, and he repays them again. I'm, I think that's in Proverbs. And so why don't you speak to that? Because I'm aware of the fact that you just were able by the grace of God to acquire some real estate. So you know, you, you start with a heart to give to the poor. You know, you did it out of obedience. I mean, it's, it's, it's what Jesus speaks to in the book of John. You know, if you love me, you obey my commands. And Father is looking that you bear fruit that lasts. And we're seeing yeah. lasting fruits. And we're seeing that you started in a place of obedience. But why don't you talk about that? You know, those that give to the poor lend to the Lord. How, have you experienced that? And what does that look like? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I can tell you 
even to, to the last question about team, we really saw an, an explosion of growth during, during the COVID season. And so it was like, even that question of like, will you still go when it's really difficult to go? Mm-hmm. And we were able to go and we felt like it was like the Lord, as we were, as we were giving to the poor, the, the Lord was, it was like compound interest back in our account. Like yeah. our, our, uh, our food donations like quadrupled when it didn't make any sense for it to quadruple mm-hmm. when the, you go into the grocery store and the shelves are absolutely bare for all the customers but then you go in the back and the store has a donation that like at the time was like our largest don like a whole mm-hmm. van full of food for us mm-hmm. to take out to the poor you're like what is happening yeah. and the and our team expanded during that time as well and just to your point recently like we were able to acquire like some real estate when we we really needed it we were operating out of a uh well, I should say we started in our kitchen and then we moved operations to a garage and then we moved operations to a, like a 500 square foot facility in downtown. And now through the Lord's blessing, you know, we've got this amazing 5,500 square foot facility on five and a half acres. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a word. Uh, everything has always it feels what along the way God has given us a word of faith to walk in and we've held it always. We've never shelved it or put it over here, but we've held it, you know, whether it's in our peripheral or in front of us. And we had words for years from um, a couple prophets on for like, even before we started the ministry that God would give us a ministry that would serve the city, the poor, the, the girls in traffic, the traffic girls, the abuse. Um, and that, we would also be given houses and land and buildings and land. And so we always believed for that. And, and God was faithful with each season as he is to give us, like Justin said, from smaller to bigger, to bigger, to operate out of. Um, and so when we acquired this land, um, it came at a time that uh, we were actually looking at a facility that was a little bigger than um, where we were in the 500 square foot facility down downtown. And it was, you know, just, it was a few thousand square feet and it was like a pizza shop. And we, but it was just, there was a slumlord involved and we were just, we, we thought we had peace about it and we were willing to go forward and we're looking it over. We're like, well, if this is the next best thing, but then a week before we were going to sign on this rental downtown, uh, we just felt like there wasn't peace on it. And we'd been working for months with their lawyer on getting the paperwork done. And we we're like, do we have peace as a team? And we're like, and then everybody, when we came together, had just received a word separately to dream bigger and that God had mm. something bigger. Mm-hmm. And so by faith, and this is something we've also learned along the way, we said no to it. And we we shut down where we were going, the rental, and really we like, hard to say no. Really hard to say no, <laughs> but 
it was for the bigger yes. And so mm -hmm. the next week, our friends, uh, Jeremy and Kimmy came to us, who were pastors of this church called Story Church. And we knew they were in the process of moving back to California. God had called them out of pastoring and they had this building and land. And we were talking with them and we're like, hey, well, what are you doing with your building and land? And they told us, um, well, funny you should ask, but we're considering a couple Christian businesses and another church and you guys. And they said, give us your vision. And we're meeting with our board next week. So we gave them what we've been doing, what our vision is for the city, what we would do with the land and the building. And they came back to us a week later and said, we all felt unanimously that God was saying Come this was on. to be sold to you at the cost of what we bought it for. And we're talking it was worth probably over a million dollars, five and a half acres, 5,500 square foot building out kind of in the country, but still in Durham. And wow. they gave it to us at um, like 260,000. And we were able to purchase this. We were give then we were on top of it. Some other ministry, another ministry um, so graciously felt it on their hearts to give us um, a, a, a grant or a, um, a, yeah, a grant of like 30,000 for our down payment on it. And so we now are in this beautiful building, beautiful land operating out of it. Um, the ministry has grown and yeah, we, so we give to the poor and we continue and we learn to be faithful with whatever we have. Mm -hmm. He increases it. And that has never stopped. He multiplication stories and miracles happen mm -hmm. on a weekly basis yeah. in the ministry. So yeah, wow. it's amazing. It's amazing to follow God and and see how he loves the poor so much. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome. Well, I'm hearing all these nuggets even about leadership in the midst of that. But why don't we, you know, especially as we begin to wrap up, why don't can can I hear from you? Can you know, we here as the as the listening audience, what are some of the leadership lessons you've learned or even a leadership major error that you said, "Okay, that's a that's a vital lesson that I learned the hard way." I think one of the big things that we've that we've learned along the way, and even in the very beginning of the ministry, is how important it, it is to have a covering mm -hmm. as a leader to 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 be accountable. Layers of accountability. Layers of accountability um, over yourself, over your organization, over your ministry, whatever you want to call it, uh, because we we need each other we need yeah. each other and we all have blind spots and we we have to be able to trust each other as the body of christ to speak into those areas that we may not be seeing or that need to be strengthened and yeah. we have to be humble enough to receive <laughs> correction and accountability and it, in faith that it's for our benefit mm -hmm. And if it's for our benefit, if we're if we're in the, the kingdom mindset of giving what we have away, then it's for our neighbor's benefit as well. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And as we lead other leaders and raise up and multiply ourselves, um, us having that as as a standard for how we're going to lead helps us then instill it in others. And we can say in situations that are difficult with some of the people we're leading, like, you know, we, we've put this in place for ourselves. 
like we recognize the importance of covering, we recognize the importance of accountability, um, we recognize the importance of having um, being correctable and teachable and learning, um, and learning from our mistakes. Our mistakes aren't aren't failure. They're places for God to come in and stretch us in character and grow us, mm -hmm. um, and teach us um, how to walk with Him, and depend on Him and depend on one another as the body of Christ. Um, Justin and I could never have grown um, in what we're doing and in who, if we hadn't been willing to grow in who we are in our character along the way. Um, and we continually, we find ourselves, it will, it will, I hope it never stops so, to the day. Journey. Yeah. To the day that we cross <laughs> yeah. over to the other side of eternity, that we will learn to go low and to be correctable and teachable. And then in turn, um, through that, grow in our own authority to correct and teach and love well and cover. Um, so that's something, you know, that we have found very important and vital along the way as leaders. And um, we've made mistakes. We are not perfect. We've made our own mistakes. And um, and we are so grateful for those in our lives to um, that we learn from and we grow from, those who are ahead of us, those who have helped us and mm -hmm. um and learning to die, die to ourselves, die to what we think we know and yes. learn and be buried again in the process yes. and die grow, quickly. grow, die quickly and grow <laughs> up again in yeah. him. Um, and so and with that, I'll say also we when we started the ministry, we learned along the way not to have the not to have any fear of being pruned and stripped back. In fact, we're doing that right now. We're in a season where we have grown so quickly again. And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to do this, this, and this, and step back and prune it a bit. Um, and and there can be that fear. I mean, we still get that of, oh gosh, we've grown, we've, we're spread out. We're so big. We, wh why would we prune back? It's so big and it's so widespread. And he's saying, no, it's not deep enough. I want you to go deeper in mm. this area. And you cannot go mm -hmm. deeper unless you pull back a bit and you teach your teams. And so we've had to teach our teams, hey, we're going to do this together. Don't be afraid um, if it looks a little different or it feels like wow. we're cutting some things off that need to be cut off. It's okay because God is moving us forward and we cannot move forward well unless we go deep here. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's another good lesson. No, that's, that is, uh, that's a treasure right there to be able to learn yeah. that. And, um, and, and I realize I don't think we've even mentioned the name. I, I used to think it was Embrace Durham, but then I'm hearing it's Embrace, right? So what do you call yourselves? Uh, embrace. Em, embrace Ministries. Yeah. We, is, yeah okay. Just Embrace, really. It's, it's really um, the covering of the outreach here as a whole. Um, we are, you know, the outreach pastors that catch the fire Raleigh Durham, but we um, like we have a, a prison ministry that is starting now that somebody else is leading, but coming under embrace and embracing the city, embracing the prison system, how to love people in that system. And he's doing training now. So there's like it's growing into multiple things, um, but they're all intertwined and connected. And it's 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 literally it's about embracing your city, yeah, embracing the one, embracing the many, embracing one another and em embracing Jesus ultimately, um, and allowing him to embrace us. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's rich. Well, let me end with this last question and you guys can share anything else you want to as well, but let's talk about dreaming because you've been at it for five years. I think I heard you say, 
And, uh, you know, you look at what the Lord has done. I'm reminded of in the book of Samuel where they laid this stone and they said, we're going to call this the Ebenezer stone. It had nothing to do with Christmas. It was like, thus far, the Lord has been faithful. And it was a memorial to say, Lord, you've been so amazing this far. So what are you dreaming about? What does the Lord put in your heart as it pertains to embrace? Mm. It's a great question. Yeah, I would say... Right now, we're dreaming about multiplying what we do in other cities um, in that sense is how do we not just do this here, but teach teach others, teach the church how simple it is. Um, Like we, you know, we have so much to glean and learn from one another, the church as a whole globally and in each of its perspective places and cities, God has placed it. But um, this is this is a model God has given us and we found it, it works really well. And, um, it's very, it's very simplistic in nature. Um, and, and we feel that we just, we feel very excited moving forward to help, um, teach what God has given us in other places. Um, we have people come he- who come here. We have a, a, a young lady coming from England this week to serve for two weeks with us and learn from us from a church over there. Um, but we also go to other cities and we, you know, have helped churches. How can we do this here? Or we have calls, Zoom calls and do that. So I think we're, we're excited to see it expand um, in new ways and expand both here in our city locally, Mm -hmm. because God is giving us new branches of what we're doing, not just the prison ministry, but there's some other things starting up, Mm -hmm. um, but expand into other churches and other cities where they've been established. Um, because, you know, God has called us to reach the nations, but you can't reach the nations if you're not willing to start with the cities because the nations are made up of cities. Yeah. And the church has been established in each of these cities. So, mm, come on, yeah, yeah. Even locally, like so, that's kind of big picture. Even locally, like here in our new facility, like we're given this like thing, and we're like, what are we going to do with this? This is how awesome. are we faithful? With this? How are we faithful with this? How are we going to steward this well? And so we're dreaming about uh, starting a creative school uh, that will be that'll couple, you know, discipleship in life skills training along with creative skills training because really if we if we really think about and look at our culture and in the youth culture media is really the the language that is being spoken right now yeah and so how can we utilize that tool and really instill and pull out the gifts that the youth have and how the lord is speaking through the youth right now and how can we really ignite that and set that on fire for them. And uh, so we're dreaming about that. With scholarships for our friends out on the streets who maybe don't have opportunities, but also people coming in like a ministry school from all over and partnering the two. So there's, yeah, there's dreams like that. A house for women coming out of trafficking, Hannah's house. We already have the name for it. Um, That's that's vision for the future here. Um, and yeah, just expansion and however God wants to do it, but mm-hmm. he's the one he knows and he knows, it. he knows the way forward and we're excited to follow him into the future and what he wants to do. That's great. The whole earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory yes. of the Lord. That's and that includes right. Durham. Yeah. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. 
Yeah. So could you guys then as we close and, and if you have anything else you want to add, anything you thought, oh, you know, I, I want to just say this, go for it. But then if you could just close us off and bless us, you know, bless the listener and pray impartation and maybe let us know, too, if there's anybody listening that says, well, I want to get a hold of these guys. You know, oh, how yeah. do you how do they get a hold of you? So just maybe give your email address. Yeah. So uh, easiest way to get a hold of us is through email. And that's just embrace dot Durham at catchthefire.com. So I'll say that again, embrace.durham at catchthefire.com. Right. And that's a great way to get there a hold go. of us. Yeah, it's I see, in it the in the, see it in the chat there. Um. Uh, and so uh, as we were talking, I, I was just, I was reminded of something. Of, in the scriptures, we see Jesus weeping two times. Yeah. And one time he weeps for his friend, who he was about to resurrect. <laughs> and the second time he weeps over the city. And the truth is resurrection was about to come to that city as well. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I think it's really important to ask ourselves, what are we weeping over? What are we weeping over? Are we weeping over our cities and are we believing for resurrection? Mm-hmm. The hope, the hope, that comes from the compassion yeah, yeah, in our cities for loving people. That's good. Yeah. And believing for what God <laughs> wants to do in the resurrection in the places we're established. Um, and really like just as we close and we pray for everyone on here um, for us, evangelism looks different in, in, in different people and different variations of how God made us. Um, for us, evangelism is simply creating belonging in our cities um, and not just sharing words with people, but sharing our very lives, creating family and friendship and modeling the gospel of Jesus Christ um, with our cities for the people in our cities and by loving one another and loving others because Jesus loved us first and invited us into family. So with that said, um, yeah, we would love to pray and bless all our listeners on here, your listeners. Lord, we thank you so much for um, every single person, every single person who tuned in today, who's tuning in to this even now, Jesus, that you know their name, God, you know the longings of their hearts, you know the longings of each of our hearts, God, you know the visions that you are instilling in each of us for our um, our neighborhoods, our cities, our workplaces, God, the nations, Lord. And so we just pray a prayer of declaration right now yeah. over each person listening, a prayer of impartation, God, that whatever you have given us, the, the little and the big that you have given us along the way, Lord, we now ask that you would give that and pass that along to others, Lord, that each person listening today would gain vision for their city, gain new ground in their city, gain vision for how they can weep for their city, pray for their city, hope for their city, um, create family in their city. We pray for the church to remember God are the establisher of the church. You are the one who established us, Lord. Um, you are the one, God, who who sends sends us into our plate, the places, God, that are in the most need, the darkest places, Lord. And would you just um, just take away any any fear the enemy 
has brought on anyone listening today, any fear, God, where they know they're called to do something and they're called to go, but they just don't know how, or they feel afraid it won't work, or they feel afraid of the place they're going. Lord, we pray that you would wipe away fear, God. In the name of Jesus, we take authority over that. And we thank you, Jesus, that it's so simple, that you are already there. If you've called them to go someplace, you are already there, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you want to you want to partner with us, your church, and you want to establish us and root us in our cities, Lord, that we would share all that you have, the goodness, the table you have set before us, or that you, we would share the places you have set with our city and with the people around us, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. We just bless each listener today. And Jesus, we just ask for you to take the seeds that have been planted in people's hearts and the things that they've been dreaming about in their own minds and in their own communities. And we just, we bless it right now to be fruitful and to multiply. Yes, Jesus. We just say be fruitful and multiply. Yes. Come Lord Jesus, build your kingdom, use us. Amen. 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 Thank you, Justin and Kelly Reif. Thank you, Embrace Ministries. And keep coming, Holy Spirit. We'll see everybody next week.